Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Marketing Agility Podcast. I'm Frank Days, your host today. This is the podcast where we talk with marketers, practitioners, pundits about the application of agile and other new marketing management techniques in today's modern marketing world. Along with me today is my regular co-host, Roland Smart. Hey, Frank. How are you doing? Doing well. Yeah, this is a Monday podcast. We'll probably put this out later in the week, but we're, we finally seem to have found a little bit of a rhythm and we're excited for people who have been listening to us regularly. We've been getting some feedback, which is always excellent. And the other part of it is we've got a lot of guests coming up. I think we're scheduled for the next four weeks, which is really exciting for us. Just to reiterate, if you have any interest, I'll, I'm going to get a second, an early plug, and then we'll make a late plug. If you have any interest in being on the pod or you have anyone feedback to us, at our smartly on Twitter for Roland or at Tangy Slice for me. But enough of my shameless plugs for the podcast. Roland, why don't you kick us off by introducing our guest today? Awesome. Well, I'm excited to have Bense Gazdag on with us today. He happens to be a colleague of mine at Oracle, and he's someone who I had the privilege of having share a case study that is part of my book, The Agile Marketer. So, Bense, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. So, Bense, I know that yeah, you're a senior director of global marketing demand inside of Oracle, but can you start just by sharing a little bit about what your focus is at Oracle so people have that as context? Absolutely. So I, I really do two things at Oracle. One is called the Global Marketing Demand Center. So we help our marketers with all of the campaign execution globally. So my team is using all of the systems within Oracle, you know, Eloquar, Modern Marketing Cloud, to help marketers design and set up their campaigns. The second thing I'm responsible for is technology and data. So how do we use marketing technology at Oracle internally and then how do we use our data, database analytics, data buys, database structuring and modeling? So these are really my two areas of focus in Great. terms of responsibility. So you're very much on the front lines of all the marketing technology that is making its way into the, into the marketer's world. And I presume that has something to do with why you've chosen with your team to embrace Agile. But can you bring us back to when you started some of your current projects and why you made that decision to invest in Agile? Absolutely. So about three and a half years ago, the company has started to embrace a lot of cloud business, cloud solutions. We were also looking at all of our marketing systems and processes, and they were pretty outdated, very old school, batch and plast, spray and pray, that sort of thing. And we were just not very modern. So we, a group of us got together and we said, well, what do we need to do to really leapfrog this whole marketing, modern marketing game? And, you know, our CMO told us, well, don't just leapfrog, but make sure you do something that not everybody understands. Because if everybody understands what you're doing, you're already behind. So we took that to heart and we came up with this new process vision that is about customer experience. So marketing has to focus with everything that it's doing on the customer and customer experience. So with that, we've started to look at our infrastructure, our technology, and our data and our processes, and we've gradually rebuilt every single piece of it to a state where today I would say we're pretty cutting edge in terms of B2B marketing technology. Oracle has made a lot of different acquisitions into the space. So we bought Eloqua, BlueKai, responses, uh, social uh, platforms, what have you. So we've created an infrastructure with all of these great tools and technology together, 
and we moved our processes to really focusing on customer customer experience and modern marketing. Can you share a little bit about what Agile looks like for your team? Yeah, absolutely. And and the way we've been moving to Agile was, you know, traditional project management and IT project management. It just wouldn't work because by the time the project or the, the product was built based on the original specs, the specs have changed. So we've realized that this is such a fast-moving environment and space in terms of technology, social data, social analytics, you name it, that you have to almost on a daily basis or a weekly basis change your focus and change change your vision or, or your requirement. So what, the way we started is, you know, Oracle Development's been using Agile for, for quite a while, but we, but we haven't. And I also have a development team as well as, you know, data analysts, data science, and and execution folks. So I had my entire team or, or leadership team go through a Scrum Master training and I actually had them all uh, Scrum certified, including myself. And then we slowly started to cut over to this Scrum-based, Agile-based methodology for almost all of our projects, whether that's technology projects or even more like process re-engineering or big data science-related projects, we use the same methodology. I wouldn't say we are 100% uh, you know, as Scrum in the books because we have to make it work for Oracle because Oracle is very huge and complex and just the data and the complexities that we deal with can be overwhelming. But we've been you know, on this agile road for about three years now and it made a tremendous difference in terms of what can we deliver and how fast can we deliver things? Yeah, so it sounds like you've taken Agile and kind of tailored it to the unique environment in which you you exist. I, I of course, also done this in the context of my own team at Oracle. And I know that there are some, you know, because we are such a big and complex company, it's oftentimes hard to get the Agile process to function or to integrate with some of these legacy processes, which are more waterfall. And so... The question that I have for you is, as you've tailored Agile to your team, can you speak about what do you see as kind of the anchor practices, whether it's, is it about regular releases? Is it about some way that you treat your backlog? Is it about running scrums? What are the things that really characterize your Agile implementation? I think it's really running sprints and looking at the product backlog in a way that's just so different from having a, a traditional project plan. And what that comes with is really the change in the team and the change in mentality of how they approach the project. And that was probably the hardest part for us other than selling to our stakeholders that, no, I'm not going to give you a a full project plan with a go-live date, uh, but we'll be moving a lot faster than you're used to. You used language that a lot of software developers would often use to describe the re- the benefits of Agile, that by the time we get to the end of the project, the specification we made at the beginning was quite different from what we actually delivered or what we learned along the way. Is this because you have a lot of technologists and a lot of developers, or is this just because the, your marketer's world has changed? I, I do have a lot of technologists, you know, modern marketing technologists, as well as data, data science where a lot of technology comes into place. And, you know, we are trying to play with this technology, be very creative, uh, as well as with the data, and explore new ways of leveraging this data with the new technology. It's a lot of, a lot of what we're doing. You can't just go and buy a book, unless it's Rollins, <laughs> and actually read it and then start doing it. You can't really take a class 
and then start doing what we're doing. So we're kind of inventing it. So this agile framework really helps with that because it's very flexible. I know some of the challenges firsthand of, so I know some of the challenges associated with trying to sell agile up into management. You talked about that being a challenge that you had and getting them to accept that you're not necessarily going to be able to give them that traditional project plan or even maybe specific timelines for things because you're privileging a release over a particular scope. Three years later, how has your relationship with executive management changed? Do you think that there's more of an appetite for it and that we're going to see it expanding into other groups? I absolutely think so, yes. Uh, we've come a long way. My executive management now has a lot of trust when we say we're working on the project, this is the thing that's working on. I can estimate dates and when things will be ready, but it's not the traditional way. And, and there's a lot more trust these days. Traditionally, I would have to still say some sort of a date and release schedule and project plans we just tried to stick for it. But yeah, we've come a very long way with that. So a little bit of sort of faking it until you make it and yeah. you know, padding your uh, padding your estimates and so on. That that makes sense. I mean I think that that's kind of a, a pragmatic decision that a lot of marketers that are trying to adopt agile agile take. Yeah, and, and and you know, there's parts where you can do that, but we also run the global demand center where we have very strict SLAs, right? So if an event, a campaign has to launch on this certain date, then you may take an agile approach to it in terms of how you organize the team and communication, but those dates are not moving, right? Well, can you share a little bit about what's agile and what's not? Well, everything that we do in terms of development, functionality release, functionality rollout, or data science, data analysis, social listening projects, uh, those are all agile-based. But when we, you know, run a big event or help our event team run a big event, like a cloud world or an open world, we do employ some agile practices into that within our team. But there, the demand generation calendar and plan and event scheduling is, is incredibly firm and robust because you're not going to move an Oracle open world data out because of our product backlog, if you would, if you would say that. Right, but I mean, you can still cut scope to some degree if you need to get something within a particular time frame, I would assume. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the, some of the, the larger campaigns and larger events, the closer you go to the date, the, the crazier it gets. So the more organized and plan and more planning you can do up front, the, the easier it is going to be. And it's all, always, as you say, what can we take out? and put back in uh, to meet your deadline. But the other side of it is something like Open World or some other cloud events that you might be having. These events you've run for a few years. I know Open World's gone for a long time. There's not a lot of uncertainty involved in planning an event like Open World. It seems to be a recurring True. conversation we're having with the guests on the podcast that things like events and things with less uncertainty, people are comfortable sticking with their old school waterfall approach because it doesn't. there's not a lot of benefit in going agile. On that event, whereas on the things like you talked about, development, data analysis, social stuff with a lot of much greater level of uncertainty, uh, there's much greater levels of agile use. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, absolutely. Ask you a slightly different question, which is really around results, because you had alluded to very, very early, I think in your first answer that it's it's shown it's had some positive impact on your team. Can you share what some of those benefits are? So benefits um, on the team and teamwork or benefits on projects? 
Uh, either or. What, I mean, if you were, if someone, your CMO were to sit you down and said, I see you're using Agile as a project management framework, what, do you, what does your team get out of it? Well, what we get out of it is that the end product uh, is actually great versus very different from <laughs> the, the need at the time. The second thing we get out of it is a lot more inter and extra team collaboration and teamwork. So because we've been, you know, historically or very structured and reporting lines are really important and that's not part of my day-to-day -day job description, so I'm not going to work on it or comment on it or get involved versus, you know, the scrum teams we put together are usually got nothing to do with reporting lines and they are fully virtual teams. And that took us a while to, <laughs> to you know, make that work, but that significantly improved our, our collaboration, therefore our efficiency and, and creativity. So you talked a little bit about the impact on the team, the fact that there's blurring roles, the fact that they're cross-functional. That's kind of hallmarks, I think, of, of agile practice. My own view is that in some ways that actually makes the job much more interesting for a team participant because they get to move outside of their core area of expertise and mix it up a little bit and potentially help their colleagues when they have free cycles. So, you know, my experience has been that's helped from a retention perspective with the folks on my team. I'm curious to just flip that idea around and ask you, you know, has your team grown and how do you recruit into a team that's operating in the ways that yours are? What are the things that you're looking for that are sort of the hallmarks of success for a potential new teammate? Yes, very good question. And yes, we have grown quite a bit over the years. And I must say that in terms of the key roles and leadership roles, I've seen very little attrition. So I think that's a great sign because the work is really interesting and, and we are innovating and coming up with new things all the time. Um, what we're looking for is usually very deep subject matter expertise and experience with a specific topic, right? So if I'm looking at marketing technologists, that I want to make sure that you had experience with using different marketing, modern marketing technology platforms in different ways for demand generation, for architecture, what have you. Having an agile uh, experience is a big plus. But it's not an absolute prerequisite because if you've got the, the skills, so the deep subject matter expertise, and you have the attitude to work in a fun, cross-functional team that's fast-moving and very flexible, and you're a flexible person, then, you know, when you come on board, we'll just send you to some of the agile training and you'll come up to speed with it pretty quickly. I mean, it's not that hard if you're open to it. So that's usually what, what we're looking at. But again, my because usually I'm the, the last interviewer, what I'm looking for is, are you a team player? Will you gel with the rest of the team? And do you have that deep subject matter expertise that is going to give you respect from everywhere else? So, Bensi, I'd like to switch um, topics just for a minute because I'm very, very excited about the customer experience database project that you're doing inside of Oracle. And let me just frame what that is real quickly for our listeners. So that was a project where we've integrated a lot of these legacy systems that you talked about up top and aggregated the data from all those systems and then made all of that data accessible to other services within the company by way of an API. So a website, 
a user can come to a website, the website can query the customer experience data database, it can learn about that user, and it can personalize information for that user. And so that really gets back to this idea of customer experience at the center of what you're doing. And one of the things I talk a lot about in my book is connecting Agile to customer experience and Agile being an approach that facilitates um, the marketer's role really as, as a steward of customer experience. So I'm curious if you can just talk a little bit about the role that Agile has played in establishing your team as a sort of critical player in the customer experience sort of leadership team, I would say, at Oracle. And do you think that sort of where do, what do you see the role of Agile playing in the future as we as you invest more in this customer experience database? Yes. So the way I look at it is that we're creating an Agile service, right? So customer experience as a service or customer experience data as a service at, on an Agile platform. And when I say Agile platform, we're building this system in a way and we're using it in a way where you can plug in new data sources or new requirements relatively easily without having to go through an engineering process or a, or a big technical project. So the, the, the system itself, the platform itself and the service we provide is agile in that sense, if that makes sense. And let me, let me give you um, a recent example that uh, we've, just, we've just started doing since you've actually uh, had the book out, which is we've, we've applied the same approach to this hot and cool thing that's out there called predictive intelligence. And you've got all these different vendors like Mintigo and Leadspace and Growth Intelligence. And you've got Bombora and Prolytics and TechTarget and all of these different vendors who are selling you predictive lead scoring, predictive intelligence, intent data. So we started looking at all of it, and, and the way we are now approaching it is that we're creating what we call a predictive intelligence platform that's very you know, agile-based within CXDR customer experience database. So we can basically plug in n number of these solutions, point solutions, vendors, whether it's directly to our marketing cloud or into CXD, um, and we can use any of these solutions at any given point in time based on demand. So the platform is there, it's serving it up, and you can put out the different outputs of the models in a consulted way that serve up your use cases as the use cases are coming in. So hopefully that made some sense, but again, my point is yeah, absolutely. we're looking at Agile and how can you make a system and a service Agile where you architect it in a way that it serves the use cases as they're coming in and it's flexible enough to deal with it as a, as a non-demand basis. Well, let me ask one last question, and then we've got to, unfortunately, i got to wind it up. Many of our listeners are relatively new to Agile because they are marketers and they weren't brought up in a, an environment with a lot of Agile in it. What one piece of advice would you give to someone who's really just starting to think about bringing Agile into their team? Two words. One is patience. And you have to try it in practice. Patience and try it. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you, Benson. What I'd like to do right now is just kind of wind things up. First of all, a belated congratulations to Roland on his book finally getting to press. I know it's been a long time Thanks, coming. Uh, probably feels pretty good. I'm not in the publisher category yet, so I can't say what it feels like, but I imagine after 
a long cycle of writing, editing, and all the other things that go with it, it probably feels really good for it to be out there. Absolutely. It's pretty awesome to actually hold a book in my hand. So it's, <laughs> it's great. Awesome. Just as a reminder to people out there, the Marketing Agility Podcast is on iTunes. If you like the podcast, if you love the podcast, reviews are a great way to show your love. If you have a story to tell, we are always looking for guests to have on the podcast. You can, again, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, connect with Roland at rsmartly on Twitter or myself at Tangy Slice. Thank you again, Bensley, for joining us today. And Roland, everyone have a great day and stay agile.